I felt lucky to live on that hill. Coming home after a long day on site, I could feel the countryside gather me up. The building work was extremely physical, but that was not the problem. Surrounded all day by sheets of insulation and concrete block, part of me withered. I ached for nature, but instead got the dead smell of cement and the dulling aroma of new plasterboard. Labouring with the forester had been physical too, but that had been work in nature and with nature. On the building site there was none of that transcendent magic. I watched the carpenters cut a roof, marvelled at their skill, but the plain Baltic pine with its straight edges was unrecognisable from the green-grey ash poles I'd dragged out of the copse or the maple and thorn I'd laid in the Fenland hedges. On a construction site, the breath of nature was entirely absent. I could feel the screws tightening in my head. One Sunday afternoon, I took a walk through the copse which fell away at the back of the farm. It was a mixed wood of Scots pine and Douglas fir, with broadleaf trees fringing the border. Inside, windthrow was rife, many of the softwoods lying across one another on the ground, like knitting needles thrown down in a fit of peak. Picking my way through the carnage, I was hijacked by a low mood. The copse was on a downer, and its sadness was catching. A buzzard caught my eye, flying low through the wood. I did not like it. A hawk somehow changes once it enters the trees. Long gone is that plaintive spirit of the high places, a distant speck beyond blood and earthly appetites. The woodland version is darker, hooded, more reptilian. Watching it, I could well believe it tore at flesh, ripped off faces. Death seemed invisibly to follow it. I hurried through the copse and reached Wood End, which was marked by a small cliff that tumbled down onto a backwater lane. I looked over the edge. It was a good ten-foot drop and almost sheer, although this hadn't deterred a badger. A well-worn track advertised where he'd gone over, and as I shuffled nervously forward, I was reminded that if an oversized weasel could do it, so could I. Gingerly, I prepared myself for the descent. I wouldn't be going over snout first like Brock, but concluded sliding down on my bottom was a more intelligent strategy. As I inched forward, I was yanked by gravity. Vainly grabbing at a mob of heart's tongue ferns, I let out the kind of scream reserved for a man hurtling down a water slide into a pool of piranha. I can't remember any pain on hitting the ground, only the sudden sensation of all locomotion halted. Sitting in a heap on the lane, Still clutching the ferns I'd torn from the bank, I was only too aware of how I might look to a passing stranger. Somewhere between a green man and the local village idiot. I got to my feet and started down the lane, quickly reaching a field gateway. Beyond it, the ground fell away steeply before flattening out to a wide plain. In the distance stood a small stone barn. There, I had my aim. Vaulting the gate, I hurried down the slope, deliberately hugging the field edge so as not to be seen. I was now trespassing. Looking on the hedgerow, I could clearly see it had been laid at some point, ancient pleachers of ash lurching sideways, and walking beside it, I began to make a count of the number of plant species it held. This was a habit I'd acquired while working with a forester, who'd once explained a thing called Hooper's Rule 
a simple equation used to date hedges. Named after its founder, the late biologist Dr. Max Hooper, this hypothesis puts forward the idea that there is a direct correlation between the number of woody species in a particular length of hedge and the age of that hedge. The equation works like this. Age of the hedge, in years, equals the number of woody plant species in a 30-yard section, multiplied by 100. Having counted half a dozen different plants over such a distance, I could be roughly sure the hedgerow was 15th century, around 600 years old. After a 10-minute hike, I reached the barn. The light had started to go, and a heavy gloaming hung around it like damp sheets on a line. Tentatively, I circled the byre, noting its thick rubble walls and old tin roof. The door, an old legend brace type, hung at an angle, one of its boards missing. 